Hey everyone, this is another podcast with Drew and Elijah, and we're discussing tradition again. Last time we talked about the question of tradition and how we can determine whether tradition is helpful, when it's helpful, when it's not. This time we're going to focus on what Drew calls the reverse yardstick problem. Drew, can you talk about that? Yeah, so one of the one of the main concepts um, as I view tradition, and this is something that kind of came out in the debate Elijah and I had last year, um, I guess could be summarized as this statement, and that is that using tradition as a starting point for our decisions is unhelpful. And then I say here, in either direction. And what I mean by this when I say in either direction is that we can very easily be um, critiquing tradition and then just making all of our decisions in a reaction to the tradition. Um, so we're still in a, in a strange way allowing tradition to guide everything we do. It's just going in the opposite direction. So if um, my minister has a rule about dress and cars and we think, oh, it's so silly, they're so stuck on this stuff, then what happens? Well, we just we just do the opposite. We go and um, we're still making a big deal about the same things. We're making a big deal about our cars, about our dress, and then we just... Whatever is put put there as something to value is seems to be the very thing that then we get a kick out of not valuing. And back to what we were discussing last time, the mindsets behind these traditions are what are the most important thing to look at here. So if you're an Anabaptist who is concerned about how your, your church uh, maybe values or looks at certain traditions so highly and, and, you know, capitalizes on the only thing that matters is outward appearance. And you're concerned about those things. And those things are, are things to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are concerned about that, but you don't recognize the mindset behind it and instead get all focused on the individual things, like the particular way that your church says uh, dress should look like, or the way, uh, you know, the head covering must look this particular way. And you, and you say, well, it could be any other way. Why are you so, you know, why, why are my ministers so concerned that we practice the head covering in this particular way? Well, if you keep focusing on that tradition itself mm-hmm. and you, you miss that the real problem when certain traditions are overemphasized is not the traditions themselves, but it's the mindset behind it that says outward appearances is the most important thing and that that may not get the point behind the principle of, of modesty or the, the point behind the, um, the dress code you might have. Um, so what we need to do is not be reactionary here and use that same point of, of reference of, Hey, outward appearance is, is so important. And then begin to go in the opposite direction and say, well, how many of these outward appearance things can I get rid of and right. you know move on? Um, I think it's always interesting when I hear Anabaptist young people and, and middle-aged people and older people um, mm-hmm. saying, I just want to focus on Jesus. But then what they're really saying is, I want to get a, as far away from mm-hmm. from whatever traditions my my church has had on outward appearance and go in the opposite direction. So it becomes a really sad, ironic twist to the whole thing of just being focused on Jesus. Because now, if you actually are getting your focus back on Jesus, that is certainly desirable. Right. Um, but if instead you're just being reactionary and then, okay, now, so my church had a tradition of saying that the head covering must be, uh, you know, 
X. And you say, well, I'm going to make sure I have a head covering that's different, or I'm not going to wear the head covering anymore because I see that, that this tradition has been valued too highly. You actually are still setting up your life only in relation to outward appearance, right. and you're missing the bigger picture of the mindset behind it that's the problem. Yeah. Two, two things, I think, come to mind for me here. One is that if you really want to be consistent um, with, with thinking that some of these things aren't so important in the Christian life, then it's also, I mean, this might be hard for some people to, to accept, but it also could apply to just being willing to buckle down and depending on the situation you're in, accept certain things that yeah. are being dictated by your church authorities. And I'm not, obviously, I'm not suggesting that needs to be done in every situation, but go back to that head covering example, Elijah. Um, so let's say your church is prescribing a certain kind of way of wearing it or style or whatever, and you feel like, hey, hey you know, I don't think this is necessary. And, well, if you don't think the specific kind of head covering is that crucial, then it's, it's going to be a little bit hard for you to be consistent and make a huge fuss about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because if it really isn't that significant, well, why would that rule out the specific way your church has chosen to address it? So in a, in, a, in a strange way, you actually kind of contradict your position by going out there and saying, no, 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 I need to wear this kind instead. It's like, well, apparently it really does matter to you what kind of head covering someone wears. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of tied into kind of my second point here, which is as I've interacted with different Anabaptist churches, I've seen more and more that there's there's a real difference between a mindset of of just kind of walking everything out in a very predictable way that's kind of predetermined by the church and what some of those cultural practices all actually look like in real life. Um, there are many church settings I've been around where I see people that have far lower standards of dress and just certain things that they would allow me, you know, be okay with in their church. And yet I still feel like there's almost kind of, um, can I say, a, a boxy mindset? Like everything kind of still feels like things need to be prescribed instead. And instead of wearing cape dresses, it's a certain kind of skirt and blouse, but it's still kind of, everything's still kind of done within this certain kind of predictable traditional format. And it's, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like it's any less traditional or any more spiritually focused. It's just like the, the, the lines are just drawn at different places, but the, the mindset is still the same. Yeah. So I think a lot of people within a, a traditional context, in our case, conservative Anabaptism, a lot of them may look at at outward appearance and continue to, to make a big deal about it and think that the problem, whether it's the problem in being able to reach out to others and have them you know, come into the church or whether it's a problem like we're not focusing on Christ, they tend to, to, to think that if we just became more liberal, we could reach out more, mm. we could be more close to Christ. If we would just embrace a you know, less strict model, all of our problems would be solved. Right. And it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's an incredibly naive way of viewing the world and even just how people view us, I think, mm-hmm. to think that somehow by, you know, wearing that cool hoodie or whatever, um, that somehow now I'm relatable to the outside world in a way that they'll be able to appreciate my life and be quicker to receive the gospel. It's just not at all how this works. And I think that's where, um, that's what we call the um, Mennonite hipster wannabe um, thing comes into play there where it's someone that's... Um, Someone that's trying to be cool and within their Mennonite context, and they're 
they're actually not very cool, even from a secular standpoint. And yet they think the fact that they're breaking certain rules and dressing a certain way and and driving a loud car noisily too fast outside of the church parking lot kind of <laughs> indicates that they are <laughs> they have achieved some level of status. And it's it's embarrassing, honestly. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's annoying. And is the, does the world look on and think, oh, wow, maybe I can join the church now? No, not even close. And we'll get more into the topic of how tradition and evangelism work together and how um, our tradition relates to being able to reach out to others in the next podcast. So one, one thing for me that I, I find central is that because I, I do want to encourage people to, to think seriously about their traditions, compare them with scriptures, say, you know, is this something here that's helpful? Um, I think there's a lot of place for that. Um, you're not going to find me just saying, hey, just find some church that has its clear standards and just sit down and never worry about any of this again. I don't find that healthy either. Um, but I do think a key point here is that it's much more helpful to think about developing positive habits and tradition than tearing down ones that are hurtful or, or even just mediocre. Right. Um, that's going to give you a lot more action points. So if you're able to say, let's say you're at a church that you feel is a little too closed off from your community. You feel the dress standard is more rigid than it would need to be. Um, and you wish that would be different. Um, Probably what you're really seeing is that your church um, isn't able to relate in meaningful ways and build relationships either within your church or outside of it um, to the extent that you would like them to. So if you're really wanting to fix that problem, your first solution is not, oh, I'm going to um, get a different car or I'm going to change my veil or wear a different dress or um, buy tighter pants or whatever, Um, get a little have a trendier haircut, like doing that is not going to put you in the direction of fi- fixing the very things you're concerned about. Um, whereas um, being more intentional about learning um, learning how people around you think, to be more in touch with um, what is important to your coworker or to your neighbor and to work on developing relationships where you can um, possibly mentor other people or be in- an encouragement to them. You know, maybe go on a missions trip um, see a little bit of an expanded worldview so that you don't just see anything within the, the confines of your immediate community. Like those are things that are really, really helpful. And they'll be developing new habits, um, new ways of viewing the world. And outside of that, you may come to value, um, you may come to see hospitality in a different way, to come to see, you know, the way my church has people over, you know, that would just feel awkward for my my neighbor. And I'm going to do something a little different with with him, whatever. Um but thinking of it in proactive terms like that, I feel like there's a lot of utility to it. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just feeling embarrassed about um, about your church or wanting to, you know, feel like, well, my church has an unnecessary amount of guidelines here. And, and again, I just want to, I think I already said this earlier, but I just want to reiterate it. If you are that young person, uh, if you're a teenager, even young 20s, and you're at your church, you're single, and you feel like your church has too many standards, um, whether or not um, I would look at your church and feel like, hey, you know, from a leadership level, I might um, feel some things could be done differently. I would still want to encourage you as, as a young person to say, look, how am I going to help things here by just reacting to what's in place? Am I actually going to be more effective in the kingdom of God? Is it going to help me out here to simply be making a fuss about um, things, restrictions that I feel are not necessarily biblical or necessary. 
And for young people, I think there's often a place of growth that can even come from being in a setting where you learn to submit on some things um, that might seem unnecessary. You know, maybe maybe the church's standard on dress is a little more stringent than it would need to be. Are you as a young person going to suffer from submitting to it? I don't think so. Um, and in fairness, if I was, if I was, I think Elijah, I think both you and I, if we were talking to the leaders, we might say something a little bit different. We mm. might encourage them to be a little more open-minded in how they view some things. But if it's coming down to a young person that feels like there's something to be gained from simply striking out in opposition to what the authorities are sitting down, I think, Elijah, and call me out if I'm wrong on this, but I think pretty much across the board, we can say, no, that's not helpful. That's not going to get mm. you anywhere you want to go. And I think we need to carefully ground our opinions about tradition on the things that are most important in Christianity. Mm -hmm. So if you have the ultimate concern of knowing Christ, of building the church, when there are minor things that you feel like, hey, my church is, is uh, you know too focused on this tradition or that tradition, or our rules are too stringent, when you come across those things, you're going to be able to see the big picture and keep your focus on what's most important. And when you do that, I think you're going to discover that you can work more on building positive habits. You can work mm -hmm. more on, you know, developing better ways of looking at life and becoming a deeper person. Like we just had this discussion, a uh, very similar discussion at a recent Bible school, which is actually where the, I think Paul Amicella yeah, came yeah. up with that. Uh, I think um, he trademarked that. So yeah. Anabaptist hipster wannabes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in that discussion, what we came down to is really what's most important is if you want to be more effective at reaching out, if you want to um, not be as, as you know, closed-minded, to use that term, um, the, the thing that you do to, to change that is to become a deeper person, get, in, get deeper into relationships mm -hmm. with your neighbors and with people around you, and study more, think more. Absolutely. Um, you will not get anywhere merely by being reactionary against what's there. So again, we need to keep the focus on Christ in everything. Mm -hmm. And the way we look at tradition should be informed by the fact that as Christians, we believe that Christ is the center of our theology. And so we can't get, we can't get stuck on preserving tradition or on keeping outward things as, as some kind of um, yardstick. We need to instead have the only yardstick for our um, for our tradition, our lives, be, uh, be Christ mm -hmm. and becoming more like him. Like it says in um, Galatians 6.15, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. And this is the context of Paul writing a letter and saying, hey, don't go back to tradition. You know, in, in this case, it was certain traditions that they felt like they had to um, take on in order to be successful Christians. And Paul's saying, no, the focus is Christ. Mm -hmm. But he says, you know what, whether you, whether you have this tradition or whether you don't, it doesn't really matter a whole lot. The point is new creation that we're being transformed into people like Christ and Colossians three eleven, where Paul says, put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised barbarian, Scythian, slaver-free, but Christ is all and in all. So we have to keep Christ as the focus, and all of these issues of tradition must find their grounding in the central focus of knowing Christ. Most definitely. And that's where I feel like if we have that 
we have that grounding there. And then again, practically in studying and applying the word, it is going to have some effect on our traditions. I think there are things that we will change, habits we will form differently. Um, but we need to make sure that that's the starting point. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're someone that feels like you're in a church setting that feels too rigid, make sure that's your starting point. You're not going to get anywhere just going around thinking, you know, well, my church is too stuck in tradition. Therefore, I'm going to free myself from tradition. If, you're, if your standard isn't Christ and his word, you're, you're going to be no better off than, um, than, the, than the place everyone else everyone else is at the church you're criticizing. Mm-hmm. In fact, you actually might be worse. You know, if you even just think about in some of our conservative Anabaptist churches, uh, even in the case there is excess on things. So, you know, it's silly to have our whole Christianity feel like it's based on modesty, for example. That's silly. But what about having your whole life based on not being modest? You know, that's not a, that's not a big improvement. Um, so I think we do kind of have to keep in mind here that we aren't just reacting to something and then replacing it with something that actually wouldn't be any better. If you feel like your church is too focused on dress or on, oh, I don't know, making money or whatever, and again, might be, might be fair critique, um, make sure that you're looking at at Christ and his word and positive things instead of just trying to escape um, escape the tradition itself. Um, again, it comes back to that whole reverse yardstick thing where you're really just proving that you aren't able to think about life outside of the rather superficial element of certain practices and traditions. Um, we we want to be able to move beyond that. and And the answer, again, is is Christ and being rooted and grounded in the word. All right, that's it for today. We will be coming back with another podcast episode on tradition and how it relates to our ability to reach out to others and evangelize.